everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Women in Tech SEO podcast. I'm Marie Jabouali. I am the founder of Women in Tech SEO. Today's episode is all about transparency and communication in client reporting. Joining me today is the brilliant Barb Davids, who is the owner and SEO consultant at Compass Digital Strategies. Hey, Barb. Hey, Reach. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. It's midweek. I'm, uh, it's good. <laughs> this season is sponsored by Novus. Novus, the London-based e-commerce SEO agency, has won multiple awards for their SEO campaigns, including Best Global SEO Agency of the Year, two years running. Trusted by over 150 global e-commerce brands, including the likes of Bloomin' Wild, Patch and Thread, Novos provides technical e-commerce SEO expertise with a creative edge by specializing across platforms like Shopify and Magento. They have been named as one of 2021's best workplaces in the UK and with a diverse gender balanced team are a culture first agency. Check them out on thisisnovos.com or follow on LinkedIn at thisisnovos. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you. You were just with us um, in WTS Workshop recently, uh, so it's great to have you on the podcast as well. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. Can you tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do, how you got into the world of SEO? Sure, I'd love to. So I started um, my business full-time in November of 2019, and like a lot of people, it was because I got fired. And very interestingly, I just... I'm like a lot of the people, like just stunned that it even happened. And I just decided, okay, universe, I understand what is happening. Fine. I'll go out on my own (laughs) because the reason that I was fired was for something that wasn't even my responsibility. So it was a little like weird and I didn't quite know how to handle it. And then I just chalked it up to being a universal thing. Like, Hey, got it. Okay. I'm going out on my own. Um, and then before that, for probably a good year, solid year, I was Uh, I had more clarity in what I wanted to do. And the idea was to work anytime, anywhere. I wanted to just not sit behind a desk anymore. And when I started the concept of Compass Digital Strategies, although it didn't start out that way um, in terms of the name and and what it did, but um, I started working towards that and specifically with photographers because I was a fitness photographer at the time. I've since closed the business, um, but... I started working with other photographers and learning about SEO and trying to figure out, okay, specifically for this industry, what do I need to know to do? And then I found that other people were having the same problem. And I'm like, okay, well, if it's even difficult for me, and I've been in the actual the in digital marketing industry for well over 20 years, how hard is it for people who don't have any of that background? So it started that way. And I started helping some people and things kind of grew. And um, then Compass Digital Strategies kind of evolved. And now I do uh, different businesses, do some client work. Some of them I do uh, for them, for SEO work, uh, do it for them. And then sometimes I have consulting. So people will do their own SEO, but with my guidance. And sometimes I'll get in and and do the things for them just to help them out. But basically they're learning it as they go and they um, do the SEO tasks. But it's helpful because a lot of people don't know like where to start or what to do or what to do next. So, and that is how it started. 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people over the past year, especially with lockdown and everything that's happened, you know, we're, we're very adamant on the whole concept of, you know, having more flexibility with their hours and time. And it kind of sounds like it was meant to be for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's very nice to be able to now, well, now that we can travel again, start to look at going to different places. Like, so the idea was to be able to go to Minnesota where my family is, or go to like Portland where some friends are and be able to still have an income and be able to stay longer so that I could spend some time with them. Cause otherwise it's kind of, um, you know, restricted to a weekend and that's just not a lot of time. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, for people who want to, are considering this journey of starting their own consultancy and, and going out on their own, what advice would you give them? So my biggest piece of advice is to definitely consider what your end goal is. So like mine was work anytime, anywhere. And once I got clarity about it, it just seemed to sort of start falling in place. Like when you actually, like I used to think, oh, write down my goals. Like what the crap, that's just too much work. I don't want to deal with that. But when I started getting real clarity around what I was doing, it, like in, I think there's a, what is it called? Uh, intention, where intention goes, energy flows where intention goes or something like that. I can't remember the, the, uh, the quote right now, but wherever your intention goes, it seems to, that's where things fall into place. So I think that would be a good one is to write down the goals and um, to know what your, um, what do you want to call it? Your energy levels, basically. So know how much you can handle because right in the beginning, I did take on too much and I wasn't being able to spend any time on my own business, which was good. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but then I was sort of pigeonholed into one type of model and then went COVID happened and everybody shut down, I lost half of my business, which was a really tough thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I like, I've, I've heard similar stories, especially with, yeah, with COVID and lockdown and everything that's happened. Um, have you, have, did you manage to find inspiration elsewhere? Like were there, do you have like a support group or people within the industry that motivate you and you, and you get some strength from? Well, a reach, of course, WTS. <laughs> <laughs> Um, definitely this group, this has been so amazing and it's interesting because I've been in the digital marketing industry for a long time and we all know that, um, it, there just hasn't been, I mean, there's been groups out there, but I feel like this one has been extraordinarily helpful and it's so diverse in the knowledge and people. It's like incredibly insane. So I think that has been a big piece of it. Um, and it's really I don't know. It's just really super helpful. And that makes a big difference, I think, to have that support. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, a big thank you to you. You always make the time to go in and answer tons of questions. So, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are really grateful for that. And even the recent workshop you had with us was just extremely helpful. So thanks for always taking the time to share your knowledge. Yeah, thanks. Happy to, to give back to those who help. Awesome. Well, today we want to talk about all things client reporting. And what I really liked when you pitched your topic was you specifically touched on, you want to talk about client reporting, transparency, and communication. So I'd really like to start off by understanding, you know, what made you label it that way? Uh, probably just because it is very specific. And a lot of what I've been running into are previous SEO companies with some of my clients or people that I've heard where they talk about, they get these reports, but they don't know what's happening. And they just spit out like whatever report comes from the tool. And like, for example, the one client that I had, the person was doing um, local SEO 
and they spit out some report from Google My Business, but they weren't posting to Google My Business. Well, that's you have to post in order to do local SEO. You can't just monitor. Like that's not a doing thing. And I also think SEO is such a black hole for people um, that don't understand what's happening. So by being transparent in what you're doing and what's coming up and communicating that on a regular basis really helps the client or your boss to understand, yeah, there are things being done, even though you it's not like a, a tangible activity. Yeah. And this definitely, you know, applies all around. So I used to work agency side before working in-house and whether you're a consultant or whether you work within an agency or you work client side, this definitely applies all across. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of your go-to tools that you, that you tend to use in reporting? For reporting, I like to use Google Search Console and Google Analytics in terms of grabbing data and also um, SEMrush. And then to report on those, I typically use Google Data Studio. There are times where I'll pull up the screen for like SEMrush to show some things to some of the clients who understand it a little bit more and like to see the data. But for the most part, I take all the data sources and pull them into Google Data Studio because it's a very nice, simple way to um, pull all the content together from the different sources. And with Google Data Studio, it's interesting because there are some people who absolutely love it and some people who find it a little bit overwhelming. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm sure you felt that same way as well the first time you used Google Data Studio. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, we, we had a few workshops as well on it, but what are, what are some good starter tips for people who want to wrap their head around Google Data Studio? Yeah. Get all the free templates you can. <laughs> so I went and did a lot of downloading of the free templates and looked at it that way and just started putzing around with my own website so that I could see how it connected. Definitely used YouTube a lot. Um, yeah, I think the templates are very helpful because the more you download, the more you can see all the different ways that it can be used. There are some of them that are so in-depth and so crazy good, but then there's some other ones that are so crazy simple that it's very nice to have as well. So you can decide whoever you're reporting to, which one makes more sense. Yeah. With Google Data Studio, I feel it's this concept of it's so overwhelming to start with a blank canvas, but then if you've got a template in and you start connecting some of your own data, it feels much more simpler and less overwhelming. Yes, absolutely. And I think the overwhelm comes from, I'm going to get a little philosophical. I think that the um, the overwhelm just comes from that plain not knowing what you don't know. So yeah. it's really about just taking the time, sit down, and I still have a hard time doing this, but I'm... I have the awareness of it now, which is really helpful, <laughs> but like just sitting down and saying, okay, this is what I'm going to look at. This is what I'm going to do. And then once you start working with it more, that overwhelm goes away. Yes. And I think the same can definitely be said about Google Tag Manager as well, which you, um, you know, you taught us a lot about in the, in the community. And I think that's yet another platform or tool that people can easily find overwhelming if they haven't come across it before. Oh yeah, that's incredible. That That is still overwhelming for me because there's so much I haven't tapped into yet with it. But I think the first part of it was learning like the testing part because it was a little confusing at first. So I had to go through it a few times to, to get comfortable with that piece of it. Because if you don't test it, you can get wrong data or no data at all. 
And so when you when you put together these reports, what are some of your key metrics that you always make sure that you tend to report on with all clients? Um, some of them are pretty pretty standard um, organic search visits. So we take a look at well, actually we take a look at overall traffic because a lot of my reporting and here's where I think a lot of SEO companies, at least in the past, it's gotten way better from what I can what from what I know, but in previous like years you would always see these reports with all the traffic that people were getting to the website, but there wasn't any um, insight or clarity into, okay, but is it hitting our goals? So not only are we reporting on that the total traffic, but the organic search visit. So how much traffic are we getting from Google um, or just organic in general? How much is coming from Google My Business? How much is coming from Facebook? How much is coming from paid ads? So even though I don't do paid ads, I do report on it for my clients because it's part of the overall picture. And then we also take a look at the conversions or leads or whatever their main goal is, because if I'm driving traffic to the website, I don't want them just to go away. But my whole point, my, I don't think it ends there. And I think a lot of companies, at least in the past, I'm, I'm not sure how much it's changed, but I, I do think it's getting better that it's not just about sending traffic, it's sending quality traffic and making sure that people are converting the way that you want them to on the site, because you can get all the traffic in the world, but they're not going to keep you on if those people aren't converting um, on that piece of it. So sometimes my clients are very um, good about knowing this. Sometimes you'll have another person outside of the SEO or another person that works on conversion only, and that could be a way, but then you work together. So um, that's one big piece. Then I like to also report on sort of the visibility or the impressions that are coming from like Google search console. So I'm like saying, okay, well, we've had more impressions or more search results showing um, than we did last week, for example. And then we had the click-through rate at this such and such number. Um, And I'm going to pause a little bit on what I report on just to say it's not also just those numbers, but saying, okay, why is that important? Because if you have a low click-through rate from Google Search Console, that means people aren't necessarily that excited about your page title and meta description. So explaining this whole thing about what they do and that kind of thing also helps. Um, what else do we report on? Uh, keyword rankings. So that one gets like down a black hole <laughs> because you you rank for more than the target keywords you're trying to hit. So I do things a little differently on a monthly basis than I do on a weekly basis. I do report weekly with my clients um, because I want them to see what's happening each week. And so typically we'll report on like anomaly, a not, okay, certain things I see (laughs) um, with certain keywords as I'm digging in. So I might say, okay, well, this keyword, we lost traffic or this keyword, we gained traffic. And I'll do that on the weekly basis, like some insights that I can see. And then on a monthly basis, take a look at the overall keyword ranking list. So we'll take a look at first what's being targeted. Are we getting, are we, where are we ranking for those? But then we might even dip into, okay, but you're also ranking for this keyword, which we're not targeting. And then, you know, think about later if we wanted to start targeting it or whatnot. Um, So those are some of the things. And then the conversions. So some of them are for leads, specifically using goals in Google Analytics. We'll report on that or revenue number, for example. And for the one client, even the revenue number that I pull into Google Data Studio is actually a manual process. I even go that far because 
it's part of the bigger picture because they can get revenue from in-store that doesn't come from the website, but it still makes a difference. But then I also report in a different number just below saying, okay, well, this is how much came from organic search. So that way they know what they're getting from, from those, um, that work that's being done. I think the bit you said about, you know, adding the why something is important, the, we, we tend to have, you know, it's the curse of our own knowledge, right? Where we think, mm-hmm. okay, everyone knows why this is important, but that's not the case because most times we're not really reporting into SEOs. We're reporting into, you know, CEOs or founders of companies or the business development person or so forth. And so it's really important to actually be emphasizing, you know, why this specific metric is important or what it means for that number to go up or down or what the correlation is. Yeah, exactly. And it's really fun when they do happen to know kind of what it means, but you do have to, um, once you give that to give like recommendations, I think that's the other added piece of it. So if they say, okay, like conversion rate, I think typically, and this may vary by industry or by personal experience, but typically we want to get a conversion rate of say 2%. Well, um, Obviously, some other industries are like way, way higher, but for the couple clients that I have, that's the number that we're shooting for. But what do we do then if we're not hitting 2%? So that's where we go into, okay, well, what are they doing on the website? Where are they dropping off? That kind of thing. And then start digging into um, that piece of the analytics. And anything specific that you completely avoid when it comes to reporting or like the absolute, you know, don't go near that or don't report in that? I think it's more of a general idea that you don't want to include things that are too minute. Um, typically, um, it, again, it's probably going to vary by the person that you're reporting to. Some people like a lot of data and they want to know all the things. But if you start getting into the um, the smaller stuff, then it just makes it a longer process. And it's, I mean, like the, the stuff that's even smaller that you don't want to report on necessarily on the front facing, it may be something that you look at but it's not necessarily important to the end result for the reports or for the person who's getting the reports. Yeah. And I think that touches a lot on the concept of rankings, right? And keywords we look at, because we might be looking at thousands and thousands of keywords, but it's all about that overall pattern or how that category as a whole is performing, as opposed to, you know, here's a breakdown of every single keyword and how it's performing. Right, exactly. And then you have those those people out there who want to rank for a certain keyword, but there's no searches for it. So then you have to go in to be like, okay, well, here's why you don't need to spend your energy there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, how does the comp- you know, competitors fall into this? Do you, do you tend to include some form of competitor analysis or tracking within your reporting? I don't actually, I do take a look at them periodically. I haven't found a really great way. So if, if there is a great way that somebody is aware of, I would love to hear it. I do a competitor analysis at the very beginning of a client, um, project, or if somebody's doing like wanting to do keyword research, I look at it at that point, but I don't do it on a regular basis. Although I have done, um, from the standpoint of content. So there is a way that you can pull, And it was from Steve Toth. There's a way that you can pull using um, Google search by using dates. I'll have to find the formula and I can push it into the the Slack channel. But you can find all the blog posts that were populated from a website between a date and a date. So that way you can determine, okay, is your competitor pushing out content faster than you? Because then you may want to consider increasing how much content you're putting out. 
Um, yep. So that's something to consider. But yeah, other than that with keywords, I, um, it's funny because I now that I remember, I do actually remember using um, sort of like a comparison for their visibility number in SEMrush, but I haven't really looked at it as much lately because we've been focused more on what are we doing. Um, so it's kind of like a, a check every once in a while, but not on a regular basis. Yeah, I think it's also this idea of, you know, too much reliance on third party tools isn't always the best, you know, with your own mm -hmm. client, you've got access their direct Google Analytics and Search Console and impressions data and so forth. And we don't we don't really have that with third party tools. It tends to be so I'm yeah, there tends to be research up front, but maybe not necessarily something that's constantly on a weekly basis or so forth. Yeah, that's actually a really good point about the third party tools. You can only that's only so much data and you can't use it as like the thing to base decisions yeah. off of necessarily depending on, you know, it depends again. So <laughs> yeah. And how, how much, you know, reporting, I imagine you have quite a number of few clients. How much time do you spend on reporting on a, on a weekly basis? I spend anywhere with my current client base, anywhere from uh, 20 minutes to an hour and a half on a weekly basis. And sometimes that will vary only because I'm looking, that's the time when I use the reporting is the time I kind of do a check for myself as well. It's, um, it's the, uh, kind of a workflow method. So I'm like, okay, this is the time where I'm going to take a look at their data and figure out what's happening, what's going on. So sometimes I go down a rabbit hole in terms of, oh, I saw this happening. Maybe I need to look at this. And then I run some other numbers. So it does vary in terms of the actual reporting um, if it's streamlined and I'm just doing a check and I'm not having to dig into anything, I can get it as low as 20 minutes for myself. Um, but again, I'm, I'm still kind of really manual, I think. I think um, there's a lot of ways to do it and make it um, automated. But then we get back to the point where, you know, you're just spitting out a report and I like to actually kind of digest the numbers and see like what's happening, what's going on. So. And I think, you know, you use things like Data Studio and so forth, which help automate a lot of the the visual output, but at the end of the day, you know, you want to dig deep into it and understand, oh, well, why did that drop happen? Or why did that increase happen? And that, that does have to, that's the analysis uh, section of it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like, for example, that was exactly what happened this week. There was a rank dropping in one particular service page for a client. And then I had to go, and even though I saw it on the Google Data Studio, I went to Google Search Console to get a bigger picture because it's not about the one week number or even the one month number necessarily. You have to see it from a bigger perspective to see what variables are causing it to drop. And um, so it's that that digging in part. And when you have, you know, when you're reporting into CEOs or exec teams or so forth, do you tend to share just like an overall visual summary? How does your executive summary kind of look like? Any advice around reporting into, you know, exec and leadership teams? Yeah, the simpler, the better, definitely. I think the executive summary is very helpful. Um, I used, I do a um, one-page overview for my clients right now, the full-service ones, and it gives them um, what was done last week, what is um, still pending, and what's upcoming, and then we go into the report. So there's a, there's a very high-level piece, but then we dig into um, some of the, like, uh, so in general, like how much traffic was up? And then we dig into, okay, but where did it come from or what's up and what's down? And on a, on a, whether it's a monthly or quarterly basis, do you tend to present 
some of the you know reporting activity in terms of this is what happened over the past quarter or six months or year is this something that you sometimes present or does it tend to does the template always tend to be report format email and so forth so it it tends to follow the same sort of workflow it does look a little different on a monthly basis than it does a weekly basis so monthly gives a higher a higher view and a bigger look at the keywords versus on a weekly basis because keywords by themselves on a weekly basis, you really can't tell a whole ton um, because it could change or whatever's happening with the algorithm, that kind of thing. And then, um, you know, I haven't done quarterly. I've always just done monthly, yearly, and weekly. So um, I don't know if there's any advantage. Yeah, some businesses like they would maybe because they base a lot of their finances on like a quarterly basis. And that just goes back again to this idea of, you know, understanding how the business tends to report as a whole and trying Mm -hmm. to tie into, you know, our own reporting to be similar to that workflow. Yeah, exactly. And are there any specific resources, you know, that you'd recommend for people to check out anything on, on reporting that can, what's the best way to either get started or become more efficient in reporting? Definitely just dig in and do it. Uh, I've I've had a lot of luck with um, people who already have experience here in this group. So that's been very helpful. And then YouTube has been a a big win for me and just Googling things and looking how people do their reports. Um, I think it is helpful too, if you're just starting out and let's say you don't have any clients, one way is to just build a website and like just go on your own and and do your own thing, Um, especially since you have to build your own website anyway to get the clients. (laughs) So. you can you can do a lot with your with your own, um, and it's helpful if you have it's helpful if you don't have hypothesis type stuff. So you can't just go in and start making a report and because you have to have a connection to something to get data. You have to have data to try and start like working through all of this. Um, although Google Analytics does have like a, a fake account type thing that you can use, so that could be helpful. But I always feel like it's more fun and more tangible and it and it soaks in more when you're working on something that actually has a goal, whether it be your own website, even though it's brand new, or with maybe somebody who you're working with that will allow you to do that. Yeah, I think that's such good advice. I love to do it with my like my personal website is tiny, only a handful of pages and it has very small traffic. But whenever I want to test out like new data studio templates, it makes it so much easier to test it on a smaller website before you actually go ahead and do it on a bigger website. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you wanted to cover today, Barb? No, I don't think so. You had some good questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is really fun and I love the topic. And, you know, it's something that a lot of people, it doesn't matter whether they're consultancy, freelance, starting out, agency side, client side, and it doesn't even matter if it's something they've been doing for several years. Everyone's always trying to think of new ways that they can, you know, adapt their reporting and make it more efficient. So thanks so much for sharing tons and tons of useful advice. Oh, you're welcome. So how can people, if they people want to stay in touch with you or reach out to you, what's the best way to do so? The best way is my email address, which is barb at compassdigitalstrategies.com. Um, or if um, you're in the uh, Slack group, that's another way too. Awesome. And uh, I will make sure that we include that in the show notes as well, if anyone wants to reach out directly to you. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Barb. And thanks everyone for listening. Today's episode was all about client reporting and how to do that in a transparent way and how to communicate with your clients the things that you're reporting on. We were joined by the awesome Barb Davids. We are with you every Tuesday with a new episode and a new guest. So please do subscribe. You can find us on womenintechseo forward slash podcast 
or wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much. Thanks, Barb. Thanks, Reach.